Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. Welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to avoid lazy negativity and to keep us positive, we've decided to make this episode a drinking game. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Anytime we say anything negative or sassy or ridiculous or stupid, we just feel like awesome because the movie's fun or we just feel like it we're gonna play this sound and anytime you hear that sound that means that we are taking an actual real drink and we hope you drink along with us so pour yourselves a glass we're gonna go back to 1991 and talk about Cirque du Soleil presents the Lost Boys on water (laughs) Jesus Jesus. Mm, I have honey whiskey don't recommend oh okay where'd you get that Jesus uh, I got little shooters. Uh, I went to the Giants-Jets game in the fucking pouring rain. And uh, a friend brings a he- all the little shooters. Used to own a liquor store. Just tons and tons of these little little shooters. And they're always like the flavored ones. You know, the ones that the shooters. Mm-hmm. The shooters never have, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they never have Patron. Well, I guess they do. But yeah, that's not the free ones that we get. So anyway, I got the fucking honey ones. Guys, we are going to be talking today about 1991, which came up on our random year generator. And the movie we have chosen to highlight is, of course... Point Break. Now Swayze, that makes sense. Keanu, Catherine Bigelow, guys, Gary Busey. <laughs> Metascore is 59, and in our hearts, it's 100. But we're going to be talking right. about Point Break. Um, 59 we'll is a, a bit low for this. Maybe we'll even do a mini review if you see one in the episode title. If any of us have gone out to the cinema this week to see anything new that we want to shout out, spoiler free. As always, we start spoiler free. We'll give you some spoilers at the end. We'll tell you when that is. We'll give you a rundown of what else was going on in 1991. And then at the end, we're going to tell you what we've been watching and uh, tell you what year we're going to be talking about next week. (laughs) Guys, John, you want to shout out our sponsors before we get into this? Sure. We got some sponsors. He was on the show last week, the musician artist in residence, Dasein, D-A-S-E-I-N. You can find all the music available on all the usual music platforms. Go there, stream, enjoy the recent Nessian cycles. Uh, some additions to that uh, massive piece he's working on just got released recently, as he was talking about last week on the show. So check that out. And uh, our beer man, our maker, our brewer in residence, Carlos Barozzo, at cbarozzo.beer on Instagram, if you want to follow him. Uh, support support the beer making shenanigans and i'm happy right. to report we've now gone six weeks without a copyright violation from our music sponsor good so <laughs> switched it up for us yeah that's right we want to thank Dazai for uh making that note that's right play the one piece of music there. you didn't make <laughs> that's right guys <laughs> that's so good well i'm so happy to get into it um so I know, Dave, you have a gripe that you want to get to today, which is relevant to movie going and cinema. Uh, any a movie, little bit. Any movie reviews we want to get to, too, to hype up for our listeners? I didn't I make a mini review. All right. Let's do mini- You did not go see it? No. Nope. Jeff, did you see anything? Not this week. Next week, I'm definitely going, but not this week. Um, All right. I'll, I'll go first. Go ahead. I'll, I'll do mine then, and then you guys can gripe. Okay. Um, I went and saw... Uh, we were trying to go see... Um, uh, Anatomy of a Fall, which won mm. the yeah. Palmer this year, and people are talking about it. It looks great, so I, I do want to go see that. But we didn't make it in time, or we were not we were not going to make it in time. We were a week early because I have a sneaking suspicion that's how you get people to go to the movies with you to see something else. <laughs> no, I mean honestly, I would. I did. It, it worked out really well. We were fucked. The traffic was terrible, and I was like, "What about the holdovers?" 
and we'd seen some trailers for it. This is the new Alexander Payne film. Oh Paul yeah. Uh-huh. You guys, it was, it was so lovely and really funny. I, I had, I had a smile on my face and a warmth in my heart, like the whole time. I cannot say it enough. This is a movie that you, you maybe saw a trailer for it and you thought, I think I know what that is. And I think I've seen Alexander Payne kind of do that kind of thing before. And I've seen Paul Giamatti be there before. It, it's better than that. It's more touching than that. It's funnier than that. Uh, I was really happy to see there was a pretty full audience in my theater. It's just a regular size AMC theater, but it was almost full. And it got a round of applause by the end of it. People, Wow. Yeah, it's, it's people 350 applauded. people that were late for Anatomy of a Fall. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But I can't say it enough. I, I really, really recommend going to see this movie if you're at all interested in that kind of film. They just don't put movies like this in the theater quite as much as they did when we were young. And mm. so it feels like a lovely throwback, but the acting is really great. And get ready to laugh. Paul Giamatti is so funny. And the dialogue coming out of his mouth is so hilarious and <laughs> well-written. I love Paul so, Giamatti. He's, he's one of those actors that does exasperation it. really well. I mean, yeah, dude, he's just such a curmudgeon. It's so intellectual. The right doesn't it doesn't repeat itself. He has a new funny highbrow name for degenerate children. Like every through beats, he says something else like that. And it's God, it's funny. I think you, I think I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Can you hint what it's about? Can I hear what it's about? It is about uh, a prep school, boarding school. It's not a boarding school. It's more like a prep school that's supposed to be somewhere in Massachusetts. Uh, and the holdovers are because Paul Giamatti kind of gets. Uh, muscled into being the faculty member who has to stay over Christmas break to watch the children who don't have anywhere to go, the students who, and there are four of them initially, and it ends up mostly being about him and one student who end up kind of forming a relationship. And uh, 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 one of the school cooks who she kind of lives there at school too, and her son went to that school at one point, it's set during the Vietnam era. So there's that's the kind of in the background. Uh, and that really is it. It's just about people spending time together who didn't plan on spending time together. And it ends up being about life, you know, just in a yeah. really lovely way. No really, really, really impressive. I can't say it enough. The trailer, I don't think is doing it justice. I think it's just showing you the shallow end of the pool. It's mm -hmm. a it's a good movie. Nice. Anyway, Y'all, I think you're going to agree with me. Go see it. Tell the Love it. Cool. All right. Really now let's turn this on its head and get some gripes in. Dave, I know you got a big gripe for us here. You want to go All for right. it? Yeah. Yeah, I've been building. I've been living Set on that this for one a little minute bit. gripe timer and go. Why the fuck does Hulu have every episode of the X Files, but the two movies that are part of the X Files episode order are on Cinemax? Why the fuck did I just have to rent one of these movies so that I can watch it? Because I don't have <laughs> fucking Cinemax. Get your fucking licensing together, Hulu. Get all streamers. Just get your fucking licensing together. I'm sick of shit jumping from one place to the other. And it's like, oh, we don't have that this week. So, yeah, you can't watch it this week. Or it's over here this week, but you have to subscribe to that for a week. Like, fucking get your licensing together. Wow. Who owns that's all that? I have Do to say about Warner that. Warner Brothers owns the movies and I Disney think, now think... owns the... The television show? I mean, they're on Cinemax. But isn't so, that a subsidiary of HBO? Oh, who the like Warner fuck Father? knows it this is. week? It was, yeah. <laughs> like, they're selling them so it fast. <clears throat> I don't know if that came What's the name with of the movie. X Files. X Files Fight the Future. I guess both and, of them and, are on the on Cinemax. And they're in order, so I mean, I'm sure you could have skipped them. It, but you didn't it, want to it, skip them because. Uh, well, no, it's, it's like season five leads up to the first movie and then stuff in the first movie is referenced in season season six so it's be, uh, it's basically part of the the series uh, 
Right. But, uh, well, can I just say, not about that per se, but this is the first week, and, and we've all heard these stories, I'm sure, but this actually happened to be this week, where I shared a Dawson's Creek meme, that, or not meme, scene, that's been going around. Uh, it was a snow scene, and they didn't afford snow, so they're just clearly like on white, carpet of some kind or like a white blanket and it's supposed to be snow and it's it's it looks so bad and it's getting shared and <laughs> it does it's that's what, that's what it is and i told a, a student of mine of 16 who i really hope doesn't listen to this podcast and um she was like i saw that too and i was like you, you don't understand that was a huge hit show i don't know how they didn't afford snow yeah. she was like it was a huge hit i was like yeah i was like i feel like that show like yeah. basically invented the cw because there were these hit shows on channel 11 and they were like let's make channel 11 cw i, I don't know i was watching and wpix 11 whatever and and i don't even know i just said that offhand and she was like the cw what is that and I was like, it's a television show. Well, yeah, you know, the, it's C- like... the CW, somewhere in the last three or four years, their audience suddenly turned to like 40 and 50 year olds. Well, so they've canceled still, all of their young, like, young programming. I was like, well, you know, like Flash Arrow or Smallville. She's like, no. I was like, really? And she was like, no, no, no. And I was like, Dawson's Creek was on that show for like 11 seasons. She's like, no, 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 it's on Netflix. <laughs> and i was like i was like no no no. it was on the cw netflix bought it and she's like oh i guess i thought maybe it was like the producer and i was like yeah, no I, it was the channel i was like 11 seasons like a netflix it predates netflix its finale was probably before netflix what do you know well, no Jeff, no it's actually old. happening these kids literally don't understand. <laughs> was that your first time yeah was that your first time you I don't know if I've really had. It was a my first time where a kid literally. She doesn't know what a channel is. She doesn't know what yeah, a, she, she doesn't know what a channel, channel was. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, oh. I was in class the other day with somebody. The true story, you guys. And I, I don't know why I'm surprised, but this really happened. Somebody did not know what a VCR was. Oh yeah. And like how it functioned. I think I'd written something or somebody had written something about how they put the tape in and it's like a period piece in the nineties or whatever. And they were like, what is that? Yeah. And we were like, it's and a VCR, you know, for yeah. tapes. And they were like, <laughs> it, co- it costs you and they're in film school. Like, yeah. You, you go and you rent your movie yeah. and then it costs you three bucks every time you don't use the rewind button. <laughs> My grandparents had the rewinder for sure. Um, <laughs> I just don't remember growing up and not knowing what a fucking LP was a- or a, uh, or, or I think, I think we were, you know like, I, mean? I think like, you guys were in that cross generation though, like where that technology came in. But like the rewinder, it's funny you mentioned that. Imagine how many fucking movies were they watching that they couldn't just rewind the damn tape in their VCR? Like they had to have a separate rewinder. What what kind of a marketing machine was releasing those? It was so fast, dude. Don't you remember? It was way faster than your VCR. I, That's I why mean, you had it. it was like, but you're not going to watch like it and run the tape back. To... You don't get a discount if you bring it back before midnight. <laughs> just time though dude my friend's neighbor had one i would sometimes bring my weekend tapes over there just so i could use it it rewound the whole fucking thing in like 30 seconds honestly it was unbelievable that's bad for the tape <laughs> at one point we had a vcr that it really did take it like over five solid minutes for it to just <laughs> so long slowly wind so it long yeah. so long all right I had things to do all right guys are you ready the, the hum- speaking of a movie that i definitely saw on tape first time (laughs) (laughs) guys the human spirit is still alive all right surfing's the source change your life we got to talk about point break but first we got to set up give it some context because we chose in our random year generator 1991 friends if you're listening we have done two amazing things a franchise face-off we went through all the great franchises uh one of them 
None of them are in 1991. I don't think any of the franchises that we talked about had anything happen in 1991. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But we also did, um, last year, we did the, or this past summer, we did the summer blockbuster face-off where we took all of the summer blockbusters from 1980 till 2019 plus Jaws and Star Wars, and we pitted them off against each other to decide what was the greatest summer blockbuster of all time. And a movie from 1991 did very, very well. So I'll say, go back and listen to that episode. Also... If, you, if you're going, hey, it's Halloween. They're not doing a Halloween episode. Go back and listen to our Halloween episode from about three years ago and you'll understand why because we are never fucking doing that again. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's two and a half hours long, so I guarantee you haven't heard all of it. Jason X at the end, guys. Jason <laughs> X, you definitely... like. If you only have a couple of minutes, skip to Jason X at the end of that episode. But, oh, my God, what a time. You can imagine what it got like after two and a half hours of solid drinking because the buzzers <laughs> were flying in that episode. Well, 1991, guys. What was the highest grossing movie in 1991? Uh, Silence of the Lambs? No! Silence of the Lambs, no. I just said a summer blockbuster from 1991 did well in our face-off. In our summer blockbuster face-off. The Rocketeer. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> God, fucking game buzzing you, you dick. <laughs> Guys, Terminator 2. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Fucking clean house in 1991. And it did very well. So good. In our face off. Did it do too well? Did it do not well enough? Who knows? Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves comes in at number two. Beauty and the Beast comes in at number three. And I believe this was the time where everybody was like, uh-oh, the Oscars, we need to create an, you know, it's, it could an animated movie win Best Picture this is the third highest grossing movie of this year. Uh, Hook was number four. And Hook has a low rating on like Rotten Tomatoes. It has a low score on Metascore and all that. Some sick fuck all those critics. Get the fuck out of here, guys. Yeah. Get out of here. Hook is so goddamn good. Hook is and Maggie's, amazing. And Maggie Smith has not aged a day in the past 32 years. Science of the Lambs comes in at number five, which came out on Valentine's Day. What a beautiful, nice little love story, <laughs> Science of the Lambs. Hell yeah. Um, one of the earliest releases ever for a Best Picture winner at the Oscars. Came out before the other fucking ceremony from the year before. Naked Gun, two and a half in there. The Adams Family. Cape Fear. That is the Scorsese De Niro remake. And then Hot Shots. That's your top 10. Um, I'm going to kind of give you just like a little glance over of the shit because you can go back to our 1991 episode to hear more. But um Martin Fink wins the Palme d'Or. Shout out to the Coen brothers and to John Turturro. Um, acting categories, Jack Palance. <laughs> if you love Billy Crystal, this is the year that Billy Crystal made fucking 50 Jack Palance jokes at uh, the Oscars. Jack Palance won for City Slickers. Mercedes yeah, say, Rule. It, was it this year or the year after he did the one-arm push-up on stage? Uh, I mean, it might have been this year because yeah. I think he made the joke like Jack Palance uh, fathered all of the children that they brought on stage. <laughs> yes. I forget what that thing is for. <laughs> Mercedes Rule wins for The Fisher King. That is the, uh, of course, the Jeff Bridges, Robin Williams film that came out this year in 1991. Um, some other shit, some other shit. Uh, Juliette Lewis had a big year this year, but of course, the two leading acting awards go to The Silence of the Lamb Actors of course, Science Limit wins the big five. Best picture, won the writing award. It won director, actor, actress. Um, I'll let you guys do notable films, but also what happened this year. I'll just say I saw the word dissolution way too much in fucking Wikipedia for the year 1991. The dissolution of the USSR, the dissolution of Yugoslavia, the dissolution of fucking Iraq. So many dissolutions, so much Middle East. Fucking Desert Storm was a nightmare. Yugoslavia was a nightmare. Russia was a nightmare. It was a very, very, very interesting yeah. year. Makes it sound so clean and nice. Yeah. 
Freddie Mercury passed away, unfortunately. And Clarence Thomas begins his reign of terror on the Supreme Court <laughs> 32 years ago. That is how bad it can be when you have a piece of shit on the court that's when they're just too bring young. Up that corrupt motherfucker. Oh, that's what happened this year. Oh, and of course, Rodney King. So not a great year. I don't think Rodney King. I don't think this is a great year in the grand scheme of things. I mean, it's just funny to think about how like yeah. the 90s. This is the first real year of the 90s, right? Unless you count 90. Do people do y'all do that? What do you think? It has a nine in front of it. The 90s. I count it as a 90 <laughs> because it has a nine. And so if you tell me Ghost <laughs> came out in the 80s because it came out in 1990, go fuck yourself. I understand that you got to do the the 10 year thing. You know, one to 10. I get it. Yeah. I, yeah, I know yeah. that's complicated, but you, you can't tell me that my eyes are lying to me. You just can't do it. It is, of course, it is. It, it, we're so technically we're over a year into the 90s. But you know, these generation gaps. Sometimes they feel like you still kind of feel like it's the 80s if you're in the early 90s. Uh, it's just funny to think about all the things that were just, just like you kind of feel like you're 30 when you're 48. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, this is this is this is still before the movie industry kind of started embracing the indie thing that I think eventually kind of was one of the two arms of the the success of movies in the 90s. Was there was still a holdover from like the 80s of uh, big 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 studio pictures. They ended up, I think, putting because of this other, you know, right hand punch of this indie thing that started happening with Tarantino and people like that, where there was a push for prestige. So studio films still stayed big. There were blockbusters, of course. Don't get me wrong. We've talked about a lot of them. Uh, but a lot of the studio movies ended up having a lot of prestige attached to them as well. They were trying to win awards with, uh, you know, with a lot of money behind it. The independent films were were doing the same thing on much smaller budgets. Uh, but this movie is one of those movies that I feel like there is something there is something uh, unique about Point Break and movies like Point Break that came out at this period of time, just because they don't really cleanly fall into to either of them. Mm -hmm. And you know we're gonna talk we're gonna talk more about certainly it not stuff, with that last scene. Like... <laughs> After that, when that last scene, when they cut that, they were like, "Well, we're not winning any awards for this." <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, come on, come on, come on! Uh, but anyway, I, I feel like this. Uh, let me just shout out some uh, some other notable ones. Um, Keanu Reeves made a bunch of movies this year. We'll talk about that in a little bit, a little bit later. Bogus Journey um, and yeah, My Own Private about... Idaho. Yeah, this, yeah. This was the one that made him the action god, though. It started yeah. so cool. Yeah, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey yeah. and My Own Private Idaho came out this year. Yeah, Prince of Thieves, hilarious. No accent. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Boys in the Hood was this year. Van Damme had a bunch of movies. Boys in the Hood yeah. was this year. Yeah. Dave's fuckhead, uh, fucking Drop Dead Fred came out this year. Fucking Dave. <laughs> Thelma and Louise, <laughs> you talked about. Uh, Still love that movie. And, uh, what about Bob? Again, yeah. We got to shout this out. We got to shout this out just because we've joked about it before. Somebody wrote into us. They were mad we didn't talk about this movie in a segment that should never have included this movie, but Fried Green Tomatoes. Fried Green Tomatoes came out this year. Oh, so. cool. Sarah, and now let's Now let's not talk about Fried it again. Yeah, yeah, we're never talking yeah. about it. My Girl also came out this year. Maybe that should have been in one of our face-offs. Yeah. Yeah, Summer Black was a face movies off. with My the girl. happiest ending ever. Ernest Scared Stupid came out this year. I was at a Halloween party last night, and somebody came as Ernest, and I gave him a high five. Yeah, we talked about Toy Soldier, Slacker, so Linklater's on the scene. Guys, I didn't see, um, New York had a weird, because it was 80 degrees on Saturday, the Saturday before Halloween, and then today it was fucking pouring rain. But I really didn't see a lot of costumes out and about. I, I feel like New York is, is really? I feel like Halloween is like dying a slow death in New York. 
Dave, do you um, disagree? Really? Uh, yeah, I was on the subway after my show that finished at like 10.30 last night. Trust me, they're out there. All right. Well, maybe they just waited wow. until 10.30. But yeah. I was around. I was at South Street Seaport. Oh, I saw Peter Dinklage outside of um, the Beacon Theater last night. And I'll just say he looks very unapproachable. He did not want to be recognized. It didn't seem. <laughs> Probably difficult for him standing to next to a poster of himself, but yeah, Very interesting. Still has that beard. Does anybody else? Was anybody else really confused and still gets confused that the Adams Family, 1991, is not directed by Tim Burton? <laughs> yeah, yeah, confuses the so, hell out of me. Maybe that's why he did Wednesday. He did Wednesday because he was like these motherfuckers. I, I might as well have directed it. You know what I mean? It's so weird, so confusing. Who was it? Right, who was? Let's fucking go. Actually, for it just, be, just before we just oh, before Seinfeld. we went up, uh, really, I fucking Seinfeld, Rain Man. Just yeah. Before we started this show, I was watching the trailer for Beetlejuice no. two, as well. They just dropped it. Oh yeah, yeah. I I hope they nice. make a better trailer. Wow. Barry Seinfeld is uh, Men in Black, and um, who did a uh, Rain Man? That was um, uh, the father of the guy who created Euphoria. Oh, Barry Levinson. Levinson. Dave, can we cut this out? Dave's our producer, everybody. Um, you want to you cut out the bit where we can't remember anyone's names? That's where that's I sound dumb. Just doing trivia. Where yeah, I sound I don't dumb. Know if anything we said is correct just now. What movie are we talking about? Guys, we are talking about Point Break. Point Break, a movie where I, we just have to shout out. We got to pour one out for the the surfing double who gave his life to get that last shot of the movie. <laughs> God, if there really was somebody riding that wave, that person is long gone. And you know what? They got a really good shot in the movie. And so I hope their family is well paid. It was, it was off the coast of Oregon. It wasn't that big a wave. <laughs> what? Well, then, then Catherine Bigelow is the best director of all time because I saw the movie White Squall and this fucking wave was bigger than that. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to be straight up. I have never seen this movie all the way through until this weekend. And the reason is, and this is just how it goes, this is in the Cable Movie Hall of Fame where it was on all the time. So you start watching it halfway because you see Keanu <laughs> in a bank robbery scene. Or you see John C. McGinley, the guy from Scrubs, fucking saying some of the most iconic lines I've ever heard in any movie of all time. Lines I've heard other people say, and I was like, I didn't even realize I came from this movie. I have to keep watching. You see Gary Busey in a scene with Keanu Reeves, and it just makes... It's it's almost like the like the the Johnny Depp like Al Pacino scenes. It's like it's like almost all of these greats. It's like no, Busey and Keanu did it the best. They are the best buddy cop, <laughs> senior, junior like version of all time with the fucking shit they did off the fucking waves. Come on, but you know why this movie's good, guys? It just makes sense. Why? It just makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. When something <clears throat> makes sense, it shouldn't it. make sense. Yeah. What if the bank robbers are surfers? That sounds stupid. Why? Think about this. What do surfers do all day? How do they afford their house? How, how do they pay? What if they rob banks? And then they can just surf for the rest of their life. Oh, and what if they have a vision and a purpose for society too? That's a movie. I mean, that's it's that simple, guys. It's That's yeah. a fucking movie. That's it. That's and all it. I need. That's <laughs> all I need. Start with the FBI and then just put them off to the side. It's great. Yeah. So I'm going to give you so the... So you're starting. You're starting. You liked it. No, you liked it. Keep going. Do I even need to do the IMDb description of this movie? An FBI agent, Counter Reeves, goes underground to catch a gang of surfers who may be bank robbers. I think that's the only thing about this movie is that the suspension of disbelief, the, the thing that, that is required is you have to know that Patrick Swayze is the bank robber. Because for a while, there's all this um, FBI stuff, and then out of nowhere, it's basically the Karate Kid 
<laughs> where Keanu Reeves becomes a surfer. He has never surfed before. He basically has a foam board. And then all of a sudden they're waking him up at five in the morning to go ride the <laughs> biggest waves of the season. Like you just have to go through that and you have to yada yada that. And the only way this works is if Patrick Swayze, is, you, you know, you know, he's Reagan or Dick. You, you know, he's one of them. He's probably Reagan. You know it. That's the only way this works. Even when the raid happens, they're raiding the house. And I, you know, it's like the other group. But I it's think like, you knew. I think you knew it when it came out too. They market this movie. Yeah. With with him knowing it, so there's no way you don't know it. So it is mm. one of those where you're having fun waiting for Keanu to figure it out. But for but it's funny. Forty minutes. I mean, even he figures it out in like forty six. Even <laughs> even the opening montage, it's just surfing, and it's beautiful. It's awesome. They're just they're shameless. They're just like surfing, but it looks like 1991. It probably looks so good on VHS. It just looks like 1991 surfing. And then Keanu is doing the his John Wick training. He's doing it, but in 1991, and it's pouring rain there. And so nice, beautiful surfing weather. Keanu raves in the water, shooting some fucking cardboard. Beautiful surfing montage, guy tubing, guy hitting a tube. And then you have yeah. Keanu Reeves rolling in the mud, shooting some cardboard. And you're I like, what the fuck this... is going on? And you're like, okay, I just need the setup because we this, know what's going on. Def- Keanu's no, going to surf. This is That's how it. movies in the 90s started. It started with a nice, relaxing scene and then just plunged you into something. I think the preface of this great, is great. Dude. And all the stuff we did, knowing that T2 came out this year, mm-hmm. um, 1991, yeah, the Rodney King thing happened this year. But LA was has always been huge. Hollywood has always been huge. But this is a culture of LA. You know, the Sean Penn... Um, um, Nick Cage culture of LA that everybody cared so much. The Malibu culture, the what's going on in the streets. Boys in the Hood came out this year, right? People wanted to know more about this city. The two, like, I, I know this wasn't number two in the box office, but in in the grand scheme of things, this is way up there. This was the time for LA. You know, go to the reservoir, show people all over the world, just have a fucking chase scene in the reservoir where people are shooting guns in the reservoirs if that happens all the time. Like, this is the time for LA to be alive. I, I just thought it was like the timing of this movie was probably well, that's, perfect. That's the thing, because by the time they hit the 90s, they're like, fuck, which bits of LA haven't we shot? We need something yeah, new. Of like, course. I can't believe they, Ghost was the number they, one movie they of the year. They finally got access shit. to the reservoirs, and then they used them all the time. Who has to go next? But this is the, this is the first time I'd seen it all the way through, and I had such a fucking fun time. The Rotten Tomato score is higher than the Medic score, so I'm sorry I led with that. But it has mediocre reviews, and it's like, get the fuck out of here! This movie's just so right for the time. It's just so right for it. Hmm. John C. McGinley's lines time. are so good. Wait, last thing I'll say, Dave. Last thing I'll say. In the first five minutes of this movie, and again, we know now in the future we're gonna leave the FBI. We're going to leave it. But it starts out with all FBI. And in the first five minutes, you have a couple of these lines. Let's get a couple of good ones. <laughs> Sir, I take the skin off of chicken. You're that's young. My, that's my favorite line in the whole film. You're young, dumb, and full of cum. Ah, I guess we got an asshole shortage. Welcome to SeaWorld, kid. LA's changed a lot in 22 years. The air got dirty. The sex got clean. That's in the first five minutes. You just fucking rapid fire these lines. I mean, that is yeah. unbelievable. Well, the, the <laughs> asshole shortage one was uh, sets sets Keanu up to be likable as well in the first like five minutes of it because his response is gold. And uh, the fact that he's just stolen a donut and he's like, I love these. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, maybe you got sent out here because we have an asshole shortage. And he says something along the lines of doesn't seem so under his breath as the guy walks off you straight away because that guy's such a dick you're like yeah i like him he's cool and it kind of endears you to that character as he goes down the path he goes down but uh yeah yeah john what do you think of this 
Oh, you're kicking it over to me? What'd you think? You're just throwing it out. I thought it was fucking great. I always like these. Yeah, great. This dude, no one but Swayze could have paid like played this role. Like, and I, I will fight that to my dying day because not only did he do his own surfing, um, it's just it's also because Swayze is Swayze, and they proved it 2015 when they tried to remake this, and it was a piece of shit. So, yeah. oh, David, <laughs> no, the, this movie is. They <laughs> should never have touched it. It's iconic, and uh, yeah. Swayze is at his best. Laurie Petty's at her best. Yeah. Keanu's just about to start becoming an action god. You're him up against Gary Busey. There's gold here. It's just everything in this film works. It's edited fantastically. Yeah, this is a really good one. Laurie Petty follows this up. Yeah. This is 1991 with League of Their Own in 92, Free Willy in 93, Tank Girl in 95. I mean, she just, like, what a early 90s. Yeah, the, Laurie, Laurie Petty, Petty hit her stride around here and just hasn't stopped since. Yeah. Good like, role in Station Eleven. She's still kicking around. Series too, doing recently. great. Yeah, Station Eleven, she was great. Nice. All right, John. Watch that. Uh, yeah, man, I fucking, yeah. This is such a good one. This is one that, like you, Jeff, I think when I was growing up, I made the joke about the tape, but I think I mostly just saw this in bits and pieces when I was a, a kid. Uh, and I don't think I have a, I don't think I really sat down and watched it with intention until maybe seven or eight years ago, like for the first time. And I mean, I've seen it. This is probably my second or third time seeing it since then. It's just, uh, I think I, you guys know, like I fell really hard for the Fast and Furious movies mm. uh, at some point around that time. So I'm sure I rewatched this then too, just because they are so bound to each other in terms of plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one is just, everything you're saying like there there is magic there there's so much about this that that really does work and i don't think we can give more credit to anyone other than that than Catherine bigelow yeah this woman was directing this first time you know first academy award winner who doesn't have a penis for a hurt locker but she had two main features under her belt by the time she made this is that correct i actually speaking out of turn here like i she actually I'll, near- i didn't realize it was a Catherine bigelow film until this rewatch I had no idea. Really? Up until this yeah. point, yeah. yeah. I just loved it. So she so she made um, one feature. Blue Steel. Small, super low, low budget feature right out of Columbia. Uh, Willem Dafoe is in it. And then she made Near Dark in 1987, <laughs> which is her first one that we all probably have heard of. I think a lot of people did not see that, but it's a vampire film, another Willem Dafoe. I, and then, I've seen Near and Dark. Then she makes, Dave's laughing. Yeah, and then she makes a Blue Steel which is like a, a cop thriller with um, um, Halloween. What's her name, you guys? Help me out. Jamie Lee Jamie Curtis. Lee Curtis. And then this. So, you know, she was ascending. And it, it's yeah. great. I love when you can kind of watch that. Like this person <laughs> so came out I, of I didn't realize school. I've seen all of her films. <laughs> yeah, 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 Dave, yeah. number one fan. And then yeah. she just... But I mean, come on, like there's, I don't, I don't want to get into like the gender of it all. I think a lot of people talk about Catherine Bigelow as uh, a woman who really doesn't make movies aimed at women. She, she, she is attracted to a, a testosterone driven, adrenaline driven film. Sure. She's got a lot of war films sure. under her belt. Yeah. Um, and I think that is her sensibility. Again, Near Dark was a, a bloody vampire film, male driven. Yeah. Not that there are female characters that are given spotlight in her, in her movies by any means. They're there for sure. But she tends to lean in a male centric direction with protagonists and subject matter. And if anybody questioned how or why, I mean, this movie is 
the epitome of that, right? It's like a quintessential testosterone, adrenaline, men at the center, crime, fighting, violence, sexy women on a beach. Like it's, it's just like all these ingredients are there and she somehow manages it to make every single piece of it work, as you said. And that's probably the best word for it. None of it feels really, um, even though it is of the times, the 90s, none of it feels like it isn't serving the movie. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily right. feel like it's serving the time. Like you're having a blast watching it because it is a 90s throwback. Maybe, maybe one or two here, of the nude shots during the raid scene, you know. I don't know, man. That ended up being funny when that chick got out of the shower and started yeah. fighting him cool. and stabbing That's him. Cool, like, yeah. There was, like, yeah, maybe that yeah. initial shot, you're like, okay, come on, hot, naked silhouette. But then that woman fucking kicks ass and stabs yeah. him and shit. Like, True. Like, I feel like there was, but, there was kind of a payoff. And also, it's uh, it's she's you know she's probably sitting there going like, look, people want this. Let's turn it on its head. You know, they want naked chicks yeah. in these yeah. kinds of scenes. But, what if, what if like the naked chicks fucking stabbing yeah, people? Yeah, but like, like there's there's two go. women in the house. One's one's in a g-string and the rest of her underwear, and the other one's completely naked. Now, even though you don't see, yeah. even though you even <laughs> though you like, don't see, eh. e- well, but even though you don't see penis, because this is 1991. This is the kind of movie that if it wasn't made in 1991, it would have showed cock. You, you yeah, see true. a lot of guys. You just don't see cock because it was 1991. And at the time, you couldn't do yeah, that. But this is the kind of movie guys... that if you could have shown cock, they would have shown almost, cock. You almost see Keanu cock at one point. You almost see a lot of them, I'm That's sure. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Those guys definitely had those women naked in the reality of that situation. Those yeah. those fortunes <laughs> that, they, that they raid on. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, so I just want to give it up to her so much um everybody talks about it dave you mentioned it but i think it's 1000 percent true and they followed this equation with vin diesel in the fast movies like you have got to have a antagonist with so much heart and charisma that you just want to do exactly what your protagonist is doing you just want to root for them yeah and go have fun and join the crew and be a part of it and yeah. question to, all your desires i mean to, to bring it back to time... fast and furious that's why the last one worked because Momoa was that character in the in that film. He he had a blast, dude. He had yeah. a blast. And you this was the first time I watched Point Break. And spoiler alert, but you know we're here. You should have seen it by now. Yeah, Jeff. This Jeff the blew last, the ending the in like the I first five minutes this. of the show. God, the ending's so good. <laughs> this is the first time I watched it. Where literally the very last shot, I wonder if that was on this page initially for him to toss the badge. I wonder if that was the first um, time. If it kind of looked to me, none like of that was like, on the page ori- originally. They shot that six months later. Nice. Yeah, okay. his but both their hair had changed because they'd moved on to other films. They were, either way. It, yeah. I wonder if the conception of him quitting the force, quitting the agency, I guess rather, mm. was was in there from the beginning, or if it was supposed to be a, a good guy trying to just uh, just an undercover story versus an undercover story who ends up becoming. You know, believing in the the ideology of the, the I, guy he's I, chasing. I want to say I feel like there's a there was a very long discussion that happened over that particular moment um, when they were doing the coda, like when they were like, "We're going to shoot this, and it, it, he's going to let him go." And does he have a moment of realization there where it's like, "This this career is not for me." Like I am obviously letting like this guy has too much influence over me. I'm disregarding every aspect of what this badge means. I need to throw it away. Well, 
And this is right. It's just such a strong choice. <laughs> yeah. Such a strong choice. I feel like it's the first, uh, maybe there are other movies that do this with, with that kind of regard, but with this specific dynamic that again, we've just seen taken to new heights with the well, that fr- franchise. I feel like this was such a big choice. It opened up a whole new dynamic of audience that might be attracted to it. It makes you feel different about looking back on how you rooted for maybe Right. Whether you felt some conflict for the bad guys, I don't know. Well, this that? is during LA Law's reign, and television matters. You can't you can't make movies without TV. So even though movies felt like the inferior art form in this situation, where TV was for the scrubs or whatever, even though people most people on TV were making more money, with the very slight exceptions of people like Keanu and Swayze and etc. LA Law is happening this whole time as well, and it's a huge hit. Um, NYPD Blue is going to come out in a second, so it's a fine line because you don't, you know, do you root for lawyers, you, cops, mobsters, like like crime is is a huge thing in this time period, and I wonder if throwing the badge and the reason they they were maybe not afraid to do it at first, but they did it later, but to just sit there and be like well we don't need the fbi is obviously incorrect you know but it's and i think they even made lines about it about like what people in the fbi actually do as opposed to like become surfers you know but like (laughs) keanu did everything right and in the way like yeah it, it seems a little ridiculous in hindsight now that we've seen more fbi footage things and such that like two weeks and they're like why haven't you found them yet and it's like guys this guy's yeah. been undercover with the drug gang for it's, fucking it's years the, but the, the surfer guy, in two weeks is supposed to break the, so obviously there's I, some movie magic stuff going on I can't on. remember his name but the guy who advised them on the FBI procedure got mocked by his peers for so long because this is known as like one of the worst representations of the FBI ever right right of so, course but, but the, well, still to, it is well, it's all fictionalized let's point and just, I mean, just quickly did did you see it john did is, is have my drugs kicked in or did a cartoon hand pop up in jeff's image while he was talking what did i do i don't did know I do it again <laughs> sometimes you're you have like weird things pop up on your screen it's a good time to mention that we have a youtube channel oh yeah look at that what, what the hell is that and can we turn it off <laughs> what do you mean does it is, it is it going is it going right to youtube because that would be really fun it, it that will oh my god yes that will wow is this for your voice lessons you shut the fuck up man this happens to everybody this is the new zoom thing go ahead put two thumbs up and let's see what happens this is an audio format <laughs> it didn't i got nothing i got nothing it didn't do it yeah it didn't do it <laughs> all did right it. guys go- <laughs> it's just your special thing is it, give us so, yeah, give us wanna, clicks on youtube people let's clarify <laughs> we're talking about this movie with a giant nod to movie silly big action movie making this is not realism that's again that's part of why i think it's so much fun yeah is that it's not well it, that Keanu lets him ride, ride the wave out without just taking him in you mean that wouldn't happen in the fbi where they would say like yeah he's well, fine i don't know i might if you throw any bad it's the same it's this it's the same argument that i always have for fast and furious this movie knows exactly what it is it's not trying to be something that it isn't it's not trying to be an accurate fbi you know, authentic reflection of what they actually do. I think one of the more authentic films in the scene actually kind of stands out and you start to think about like the silliness of this movie. And it's almost like, it almost like teaches you like, of course, this is ridiculous. After the raid, um, that dude who's like, was undercover legitimately for the DEA. Yeah. He comes in there and screams at him. Yeah. I mean that's what that that scene kind of does feel like. That was yeah, that was a real little, yeah in a sense. And yeah. that was that was and great. Then we go back and we're we're surfing like. That was know, that was their moment fun, of moment very... of failure. It was very well placed too. Like this is the that's one of the other things. This thing is well written structurally, and it's structurally, again yeah. very well edited. 
Um, this is all right. Th- I think this is it. This is why I think people love this movie so much. I think I just hit it, and I feel the same way about Fast and Furious. It's not just an undercover crime action story. It's it's got it's a rom it's a romance. It's about yeah. this man falling in love with another man with Patrick Swayze. Like, yeah, he's with with Patrick Swayze it's with a this idea of of changing his life and finding like some new version of his life. That monologue that he gives her that's bullshit when he's giving it to her about his parents dying and realizing he didn't he wasn't living for himself. It's that this movie works because it ends up being true. Like he is not living who he wants to be yet. Yeah. And as soon right. as he declares those words, we're just hoping, and we know it's gonna happen because it's a very Hollywood movie. Yeah. You're like, I cannot wait to watch him realize that he actually does want to be this person. Like that is so <laughs> romantic. Well, and they, there's something and so accessible about you're it. You're talking about both the writing and the editing, and they kind of go hand in hand, especially with variety, because I imagine by the way, Patrick Swayze's moment, all of the moments with the relationship, the love triangle is so well done and it's so deep in a way that like very few movies play the love triangle where the guy clearly still has a connection to this person, but also understands the way life works and moves on. And it's really, really interesting with, you know, when he sees her with the, obviously having slept with him and and he goes like, come on, we're going to go catch some waves. But just with his look, you know, you get all the, the backstory and everything. But the texture of... Because we know they're robbing banks and they're not taking the vault, and it's partly and, and it's pitched as a practicality thing. It's a time thing. They don't want to go, even though the vault could double, triple the amount of money that they make. They mm. just want the money from the because they they don't they're not taking a lot of money because they're smart and it's clever and it's it's better to rob ten banks and not to do the vault than one with the vault, which is too risky because they're more likely to get caught. But then later, you know, in the monologue, you basically realize well, two things. Number one, it's because they just want to surf. You know, they don't want to become millionaires. They basically just want to be able yeah. to serve. They're just but finding then, their endless summer. So then it's a big risk, in my opinion, to say, well, they also have a philosophical reason for robbing banks, which it goes to like hell and high water, where it's like, fuck the patriarchy, fuck the the system, fuck the bureaucracy. Again, 1991, mm. you, you know, Yugoslavia, uh, you know, the wars, Bush after Reagan. It's like, fuck what's happening in the world. <laughs> and the fact that Patrick Swayze wanted people to root for them, right? That kind of goes back to Bonnie and Clyde that we, we talked about recently. They almost want the every man to sit there and be like, they have it made. That's right. Fuck the system. We should all be so lucky. Well, they, I, they have it figured this, out. Like this did make me the think. right texture. This did make me think as well. Like how is the bank robber business doing now? They're closing branches everywhere. Like, are they doing okay? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to buzz that because it's true. But but my, my point is that they could have overdone it. They could have over-philosophized that. You know, they yeah, could have made yeah. it like, well, we're good. And they didn't do that. They just let it, they know they're doing wrong. They know that, but it's like, it just adds enough of a complication for Keanu to be questioning this. So yeah, you're, just, you're always him, in the murky middle. It's always- It sits him right in that Robin Hood niche. Which is, you know, it, it's interesting that they chose- surfing initially whoever is credited with this screenplay somebody who lives in los angeles i bet i I mean it could have been in australia yes australia yes but no somebody who wrote the script lives in los angeles for a couple years saw their friends going to malibu uh, every day like no i gotta work people and they're like nah work tomorrow and it's like (laughs) how do these people get away with it i know it's w peter eliff i think and rick king so anyway um, by choosing surfing, I think they did themselves a huge favor with that because 
everyone kind of knows that there is a philosophy, a spirituality, the oneness with the wave. It's kind of baked into that character. So what a great way for them to use that. It really only gets declared in a moment of heightened conflict between the group of ex-presidents when they're thinking about quitting, when they realize yeah. it in Patrick's you know, around the fire. And he only really has that one little speech about it. And they never really have to go there again because people understand what that's about. It's a, it was a taller order with street racing, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> they had to kind of, I didn't know anything about that world. I didn't know there was a, a Zen anti, I figured there was an anti the man, but uh, so I, th- I feel like this one was just like, and language wise, like you said, Jeff, from the very beginning, there's something, the contrast they create between the, the blissful ride that Patrick Swayze's silhouette is going on in the opening credits, contrasted with Keanu's, in the dark, in the rain, working his butt off, you know, just they immediately go ahead and establish that there is something ascendant and in the sun approaching the light about about surfing. So again, well, hats also, off to Catherine. Yeah, she did yeah. some of that work with herself. Also, at this, at this point, they've established he's second in his class. He's like, as a, he's a whiz with the gun. So this is a guy who's good at everything. Hundred percent. And I love the gun. And I, <laughs> yeah, and I love that they take up like he went the, the first wave. He tries to catch, he gets dumped and rolled. To the point yes. where someone has to pull him out of the water and save him. And like that's a real yeah. thing. You get dumped and rolled, you don't know which way is fucking up. You're Guys, just sitting yeah. under the water it's a beautiful scene. The ADR in that scene. The ADR in that scene is so great. <laughs> the ADR in this whole movie is for the most part pretty impressive. I mean it's yeah, pretty much anything movie. at the it's, it's everything. Because <laughs> if it's not the waves, it's I mean, with the wind. <laughs> uh did you guys hear about hear about did you catch when keanu's like i think it's back there at patrick's roadhouse did you hear when he refers to i did not i missed that completely it's like a, a mile marker and they talks about patrick's roadhouse and he says it oh to Patrick's no roadhouse. i missed it i think ah uh, pretty good pretty good uh all right let's talk about the man gary Busey. he's fucking how good is incredible. he he's so alive yeah i mean like the he's so kinetic uh respondent and I think one of the best uh, examples of this is when I love when you see actors playing a role in a movie where they have to act. Yeah. When Keanu and Patrick are first fighting up those bullies who they end up doing the raid on. Uh, bullies. <laughs> is that the bull- right word yeah, the wrong? bullies yeah. Um, who are going to kill him with a knife. The bullies. Yeah. Yeah. And here comes Gary Busey going after his partner, just thinking, fuck, I got to go save him. He turns that corner. This is a coming to the door exercise, a classic acting exercise. And he needs to flip just like that. He's so, in less than a second, he appears behind, coming running from the highway, runs into who he's not supposed to be seeing, his partner Keanu and, <laughs> yeah. and Bodhi. And he's just like, did you guys see that? I mean, immediately. It was fantastic. It was I, so I, good. I believed it. it yeah. was, I fucking bought that he yeah. was capable of that. And all the way through, I, I had forgotten the tragedy of his of his his death, dude. I forgot how, how good that was. They lit Keanu's, another ADR, his scream, no! <laughs> that thing ring out so long. They were like, let's do three more seconds. This is really sad that Gary Busey's dead now. Oh, yeah. Um, they, God, it's so funny. The way he did the raid as well is, is basically like, of course he said Fido, right? Fido, Fido. What, what was the name of the dog? Was it Fido? Oh, I can't. Summer, I can't remember. God, he's so good. Yeah. He comes around that corner, tucking his wire in. He's already... And, egg, I mean, and then he, he knocks on the the way he knocks on the I mean it is like it's so believable like I can't believe they were going to close the door on him he was so good at that <laughs> I feel did he have a what happened do you have a head injury or was he 
did something happen to him that Before, Gary Busey between Point Break and Entourage? You mean when he became the caricature of himself? Uh, yeah, I thought I, felt like, I thought something happened to him. Mm. Either way, really, really tragic. I don't know. If, if I don't know what happened, but man, he was so alive. Every time he pops up in those '80s and '90s movies, you just—it's just a gift for supporting roles like that. You know, we're talking about. Like, I mean, there's so many good lines out of the Scrubs, dude, yeah. on the page. That's funny, but I mean, these performances are just—they're just so well cast the ex-presidents i mean the way the way she stages that opening bank robbing scene it sets up like the dynamic of their group so well they're just having so much fun yet they're still so incredibly efficient and i think there is something Mm. to be said about the the drama of this movie being as successful as it is despite the fact that we're all watching an action movie and we're very aware of it one of the best foot chase scenes ever. Oh, yeah. That ends on a magnificent close-up of Patrick Swayze and the Reagan mask. Yeah. It should be a silly shot. And they punch in like three fucking times until you see those hazel eyes. And the, you're yeah, just the like, intensity coming out from under that mask is oh, just, yeah. So dramatic, dude. So beautiful. Mm. It's beautiful. It's, yeah. it's emotional. And, and I mean, Johnny Utah firing into the air. Like, well, famous well, scene. Well, yeah. He's saved, well, so famous when he fires into the air. While we're talking yeah. about cinematography, there was one scene that did irk me a little. And that's when they're walking, just after the incident at the beach, and they're walking back to the car. Because whoever was on follow focus was focusing to the car, using the car as a reference point for the focus. And I'm not sure if it was because of lens structure or what, but both of them were out of focus for almost the entire length of the shot. And I'm just oh, like, if shit, you're doing a twenty if you're doing a twenty second shot, just like reshoot it. If it's out of focus. They had the, uh, the wrong first AC that day. It's a substitute. One, one cool thing about the car scene, though, is that when you when when the ex-presidents get a new car, it means that the FBI agents can shoot out the rear windshield Yeah, again. first thing they go. <laughs> it's like, don't, how good don't is sit it upright in, a, in, in a, chaser, a chasing movies? You, just, you don't shoot anybody or the tires. You shoot that rear windshield. They get a new car. You get to do yeah. it again it's in the same sequence. It's awesome. Yeah, I did love the what cinematography sequence, in this. Though, the, like the, the gasoline. Yeah. Like all of the yeah. cinematography in this, apart from that one shot, which I was like, you know what? Fine. Everybody gets one. Um, everything was fantastic. Like they do, they, it has everything. They've got like water photography. There's action photography. They're at one point, that chase scene that you mentioned, they're running through a house with the camera. Um, yeah. Then there's aerial Ooh. photography. And I, I have a lot of respect for jump camera operators because it is very, guy- it's very, very hard to frame a shot and shit your pants at the same time. Dave, this guy shot a bunch of great shit. His (laughs) name is Donald Peterman. He did uh, Men in Black, Get Shorty. That makes sense. Um, Flashdance. Oh, Jesus. That's a body of work. A whole bunch of... One of those... I've seen his whole body of work as well. Yeah, well, he's just existed in Hollywood. Yeah. Probably just a hired gun, and this guy can just fucking bring it. I loved the handheld shots when they're running in Mm. that tight alley. Yep. Um, And they kind of start to float... Is that is really fucking impressive. hard to do. Guys, too, uh, Reagan, threw right a, a Reagan threw a dog at Keanu. I mean, you got to get a good cinematographer <laughs> so to do it. Threw a dog yeah. at him. That was so funny. Um, all right, so I, I do want to bring up what I think is it might not be the only one, but for me, it is a. It's not a plot hole, but I want to know if you guys are thinking what I'm thinking about it. If there was an implication to it that I don't think that is ever talked about, and they were just hoping the audience we can trust them. Why do they choose to go into the vault that one time? 
Yeah. Why would yeah. he do that? Good question. Well, he was mm. obviously spiraling. So w- without him doing that, yeah, he's spiraling. But without him doing that, theoretically, they would have gotten away with it. Yeah. And I think they would have left Keanu there. And he would have gotten arrested and they would have been on their merry way. So every time I get to that part in the movie, I'm always like, I don't know if they earned this a thousand percent. We might just be given a little grace there. And I often, I often, I sometimes wonder when I'm watching this, if are we supposed to think that now Patrick realizes I can't do this again? So I need to steal more now because we're not going to be able to keep doing that this. That definitely is I, on I, the table. I think it's definitely a case because he even makes a point of saying, like we've done this thirty times and they can't touch us, and then suddenly right. they get caught and, and someone gets us. shot and like it's you know it's it's. I think one thing that clouds the water for me a little bit there, and I, I'm not mad at them. I love 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 the ending that Dave you said that they they ended up tagging on. I think it's a hmm. great scene, a great great death, great catharsis for everybody. But because of that ending coda, their wonderful scene, just a couple of lines long, a lot of white space on the. You got to go really down. Well He's like, I missed you a week in Fiji. And then I missed you in blah, blah, blah. And they're making him seem like he's alive and moving through the mm-hmm. world and unattainable and a criminal on the run, like successfully. Yeah. I think because of that, it does kind of make you think like, it just seems like he would be able to earn money other ways. He would be able to steal another way. He just, they, they did such a good job of mythologizing his ability. Mm. But the th- I mean, the thing is, you think like, the, I don't way, know if the way he, he knew snapped. how to do it relied on having other people around him and he lost his whole crew. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, what I'm, what I think, here we go. This might be another- Was it him that put the knife like, in that last member in Mexico? But he doesn't need a lot of oh, money man, though. So they, they don't need a lot of money. So he could have done something. This might be, this might be a- a he fun like a equation thing this might be a fun equation thing when you're making hollywood movies like that though where like there's a certain level of expectation i'm not saying we don't want our stories to work they're the best when they work and when they're justified but if he had not done that and gone to the vault the scene that follows the sequence is so so dramatic and mm. heightens the stakes so much when that cop draw that un- un- off-duty cop draws his gun that if they had not had some reason to get to that place, then there would be no aftermath, and the stakes would have been much, much lower as they were trying to just get, you know, back to Tyler and yeah. trying to get to Mexico. If everybody had not gotten shot, I mean, that shootout is emotional, dude. That is emotional, mm. especially the I mean, first not shot only fired. Shot like Keanu's him. arrested. I love that. It's- like he's arrested at that point. <laughs> So he's that punch out by Gary is fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> out cold. Scrubs dude is on the floor, blackout. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, I think point break, yeah. you guys. Point uh, grab. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hey, what the ride film. is over. You know, why don't you astonish me, shitface? <laughs> I've been in the bureau since you were still the... popping zits and jerking off to the lingerie section of the Sears catalog. Sears catalog. That's just, uh, he definitely had a few. I've been in this agency. What did he have another one yeah. to Keanu? He had said that to him at the beginning. Um, man, they don't make them like they used to, guys. This There's something thing about is, this. Yeah. We're going to be meat waffles. Guys, I mean, what movie can say also, something like we're like, going to be meat but waffles? We said, we said that as well about awesome. Like when we watched Roadhouse, we said that again. And yeah. I, I think it's just something about Swayze. I mean, and, you, and you've got Swayze and Beauty in the same film, and then you throw in an, an up-and-coming action star like Keanu. It's like you can't miss. There's too like, much because no matter what group you're with, there's an absolute live wire 
in it that's like owning their scenes and doing great work. So even like, don't his- you think it's great? Don't you think it's great that? And and Fast and Furious stole it from them for sure and used it very well. But I think a lesser director, producer, script would have split the focus of this film between Swayze and Keanu Reeves. And Mm. they would have like tried to establish a point of view through Patrick Swayze. And they don't do that. No. And I think that's why it's so charming. And he's so... There's something, you know, yeah, it's, cool and sexy. Well, it's, and, that's the thing. And, he bounces between fun. spheres of influence. It's like you've got yeah. Busey influencing him one way because he wants to capture these bank robbers and he gets, ends up getting a big argument on the hill about, you know, you feel alive now? Do you want to go and get these so guys? Screamy. Yeah. And everyone else is just standing in the background like, what the fuck is going on over there? Yeah. God, these guys and, are yelling. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then you've got the sphere of influence of Swayze where he's like, come to the dark side, come to the dark side. Doesn't realize he's saying that, but. Like it's and he's bouncing between his two worlds, and each one of them has an actor doing a really commanding performance opposite him, and that's I think that's why this works so so well. I think so too. And also, they also don't even bother to try to say. They don't even bother to try to justify any kind of like physical reason or tangible reason why Swayze and his crew would need to do this, like. They're white, they're hmm. men. Yeah, you know they could be living. Yeah. and you never under... see the money. We know they can afford. By the way, what did this do more for? The FBI surfing or skydiving? Because I feel like a lot of people went skydiving after seeing this movie. So other than them having like the money to basically like have a plane and ha- and like have pilots like ready to fly and stuff, you never see the money too, which I think is is cool. Not yeah. because not because they don't have it, not because they're not stealing enough. But back to your point about like he could. I'm watching a different show that I'll talk about in a second where there's like a half a million dollars in a bag. This is a time period where a half million dollars in a bag, Patrick Swayze could live the rest of his life in Brazil surfing there with a half million dollars in American money. So why doesn't he go there? That it's it's all these are all good questions. Is he fucking with Keanu? Is he giving him more pressure because they're going to the vault? Because he's he wants the heat on Keanu and he's sacrificing, he's risking his own. It's 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 fascinating, and, I'm, and a TV series would probably try to give both perspectives, like the Halo treatment. And because it's a movie, it knows exactly what it is. I think that's what it comes down to. It knows exactly what it is. Dave, how bad were the Australian accents on the beach in Portland? In yeah, the they end? were pretty fucking you bad. You let him get away? They were pretty fucking bad. <laughs> What's the other line? You, you let him get away? There's somebody else We'll get him when he comes else. back. We'll there was South African back. almost. Yeah. <laughs> the back. <laughs> He's oh, not man. coming back. <laughs> oh man, that was really funny. Beautiful, beautiful. I mean, this mm. I get. You know, I, I joke all the time in school about how like I just none of the yeah because I hate not, ADR. Yeah. Every time I can avoid it as a filmmaker, I try to. But this kind of movie just reminds me that like, you know what? If you have the money and you don't mind just committing to it, we're doing this in post. God, those shots in the rain. That was mm. fucking beautiful. I mean, that was just, there's just no way around it. Like yeah. all the shots on the water, have in you, the rain. Have you seen the, end, well, all that fucking, when they land on the skydiving sequence, yeah. when they get back to Tyler and uh, yeah. the dust is blowing all over them and it's fucking beautiful. Have you seen the behind the scenes um, thing where they're both him and uh, Keanu and Patrick Swayze are sitting in a hot tub in full costume because they're about no. to go and film the rain scene again? No. Oh, so, awesome. Yeah, so they put him in a hot tub in between so they didn't get cold. That's fucking awesome. It's so I mean, good. I just, it's so, I, I can't, I just can't, 
it, it's fun. All the story beats we're talking about, like I would enjoy them in a lesser made film still. I know I would, because mm. it's that well written and it's fun and the performances are great. But the the expression that she brought to like the way that the filmmaking of it, it's I think it surprised everybody at how well, beautiful it was and how expressive it was also, and how, one, how, how moving the imagery is. One fantastic misdirect in this where like, because basically as Keanu realizes that it's them and he go, he pulls up knowing that they're going to rob this bank, they then conver- inversely realize it's him because he's you know shouting FBI. So then you've got this, what's going to happen when they find out? And the jump sequence happens straight after that. There's a parachute jump sequence. And what a fantastic misdirect because they're all Ugh. fucking with his parachute. And you're like, they're going to give him the parachute that doesn't fucking open. And it, it's just this wonderful tension-building misdirect yeah. that then you're already tense by the time we, you get into what does happen after that. And I think that's why that tense so scene after cool. that works well yeah. because you're already halfway there from this yeah. jump. Guys, when he... How... <laughs> tight did your butthole every time he jumps out without a shoot yeah every time that happens i'm always just like oh my god again this is a there's enough realism to this reality even though it's a hollywood movie that that still seems insane and like fucking bad it is insane i know you want me so bad it's like you got acid in your mouth and you can't or whatever the line so what swayze says and then dude i'd be like jumps without a shoot i'd be standing there holding the plane door for dear life going well guess he got away bitch is dead cool I'm riding this to the ground. I think, but he I jumps out of shoot and then throws cut, his badge right? away. Yeah. The fact that they pull that off, he is willing to jump without a shoot to bring this guy down. And then be, basically because of the way this whole case went down, he was like, fuck this. This isn't the life for me. <laughs> like, how do they pull that off? How do they do it? Unbelievable. It's so much That's fun. Space Anyone you who has not watched this movie, Go enjoy yourself. Yeah. Watch it. It is so enjoyable. I can't, every time I see it, I just forget. Like, I'm so glad that Fast and Furious picked it up. It's too good of a story. They could have made a couple sequels. I would have followed Johnny Utah into a new life and watched him <laughs> end up doing different shit. Uh, but man, well, I hope. Thank you. I hope. Thank you, team. I hope W. Peter Illiff, who co-wrote this movie and also wrote. <laughs> Uh, the brilliant movies Varsity Blues, the TV series, the movie, and the TV series. He also wrote the TV series Tales from the Crypt, and he wrote Patriot Games. I hope he gets some money from the Fast and the Furious franchise, at least as a tip, if nothing else. To yeah. be like, we did steal this from you. So yeah, here's a little tip. Truly, truly, truly. So good. It's on Peacock right, right now. For all, if anybody has Peacock. For all of yeah. us, guys, 1991, Point Break, the best of the best. Yeah. Mm. Cheers. Um, so much fun. On Peacock right now. Go rewatch it. Friends, do we want to spin the wheel generator now and then do our. Uh, we're, we're still kind of nudging this uh, format. Do we want to do the red and wheel generator at the end to decide let's what Let's do that at the end. We'll do it the, right. the year at the end. We'll do it at the end. So let's do yeah. our quick round of what you've been watching where we tell you what we've been watching, give you our recommendations of the week. Dave! Uh, I didn't have much time this week, so my one bit of downtime, I relied on something I knew was going to entertain me, and so I rewatched Deadpool 2, the Super Duper Cut. Oh, it's so good. The Super Duper Cut is awesome. It just has an extra, like, 15 minutes in there. The opening sequence goes for, like, a lot longer. Um, Also, yeah, and if you you do, like, because I own it, I bought them on Apple, 
and this is the one other shitty thing with uh, not having physical media. If you if you play it on Apple, you, it takes you to a menu and you can select the Super Duper Cut. But if you try to play it on your like Sony TV with Android or whatever, you can open the Apple TV app, but you can't get to the special screenings unless you go into the fucking Apple TV. So the Apple TV app on yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. missing out. Like you can't get yeah, to the extra shit they've given you. Huh? Oh no. Fuck, Jack. I uh, I saw uh, we went and saw a really fun a live event at the Hollywood Bowl the other night. It's screening of Nightmare Before Christmas. What? But Danny Elfman and the gang were there to sing yeah, the parts live. What, what anniversary so, is that? Anniversary out of here. It's like thirty. Yeah. 30, 20, uh, 1993. Uh, You're old 30 people. Years, so, yeah, it was cool. It was fun. They were there. He was in a funny suit and stuff, dancing around on stage, playing Jack Skellington. That was cute. Uh, we also watched, I just finished, um, uh, we have a bunch of, like, fun dailies from big Hollywood movies that we practice with and on our editing assignments. And we finished Gladiator recently. Elizabeth in Gladiator. Oh, it's, yeah. So we watched it. Uh Man, in time for Napoleon. Whole, I haven't seen that. And I am. I have been on a Ridley Scott. I've been listening to tons of interviews. I am super, super excited for Napoleon now. Me too. Uh, but Gladiator was a lovely rewatch. I hadn't seen that in several years. I've probably watched that multiple times a year throughout my adolescence. I've watched it really once fun, in my lifetime. Really great. Wow. Once in your lifetime. Yep. Did you hate it? It was okay. Oh, come on. One of your countrymen is in that. Dave, your countrymen. <laughs> come on. So entertaining. So beautiful. Me? Beautiful movie. Um, All right. For me, the, <laughs> What'd you call me? the big one for me was, you know, in choosing it. I think I drove Angela crazy spending an, I can go an hour choosing something and not lose any steam. So I watched <laughs> t- 20 trailers you know, go. It literally went through every single thing that's out there, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, what's the awful. one for us?" You know, but there's a little tit-a-tat. That's about half of Angela. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. My, we gotta get John's buzzer number up. Fuck you, John. <laughs> Sorry. I just looked. That's only his second one. That's 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 horseshit. Yeah, that, fuck that. Um, that's horseshit. Jesus. John has a lot of homework. I love this tonight. movie. <laughs> so Angela and I watched the last. Oh, fuck, I forgot the name of it, so I had to look it up. The last thing he told me which came out this past spring on Apple TV Plus. And this is Jennifer Garner, uh, Nikolai Coster-Waldo, Jamie Lannister himself, uh, Anjuri Rice, Dave, one of your country persons as well from Australia there. Uh, and then a couple shout outs to featured roles from Josh Hamilton, David Morse and Victor Garber, AKA the man who built the Titanic or at least designed it. That's right. <laughs> This is uh, Apple TV Plus. It's based on a book. So this one and like the the Brie Larson movie that's based on a book. I feel like they're just like trying to get, you know, because obviously their strike is, is, is it's it's happening. And I love sci-fi, but we wanted to watch this. And it's really, you know, it's gripping. It's a great it's a great show to watch with someone else because there's some stuff too you, where it's I, like. I love you say, I, I love sci-fi, but we wanted to watch this. Did you get overruled? No, no, it's a it's a tit-a-tat, Dave. It's a tit-a-tat. We were we came up, we were like, I want sci-fi, we want this, and and all of a sudden we found our way to this show. And this is how it fucking works, Dave. And I'm really happy because you know, there's a couple of things. Like they're trying to run away from people, and it's like they're fucking running in public, like scrambling and squilling their arms. And sometimes it's gonna turn to somebody and be like, I don't think that's the best way to hide in a crowd. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's good to yeah. say stuff like that, but also still say, like, I like the show. Oh, people are stalking their house and they go outside to have nice intimate conversations where they're yelling all of the plot, knowing that people are in the vicinity. 
but still like it's tense and I'm very curious to see what happens. So I'm one episode away from the end. The last thing he told me, fuck you guys. Can't wait to uh, talk about what we're going to do next week. Did anybody ever watch that uh, Idris Elba plane hijacking show? Mm-mm. On Apple TV, that was supposed to be really good. Chris I and Andy yet, liked no. it, but Chris and Andy liked it, but didn't love it. The reviewers I listened to, okay. so I was like, okay, all right, all right. Random year generator. What are we, we talking done? about? All right, let's find out next week. Sound effect. Ooh, we're going forwards. Two thousand eight. Oh, very good. The Slumdog Millionaire Year. The Slumdog Millionaire Year. Milk, the wrestler. Was this the, this okay, is that's... Thor? Was this you know, Thor I've never year? seen the wrestler. It's the, the wrestler is good. The wrestler is good. Milk won best screenplay. Sure. Sean Penn. I've seen Milk. Sean Penn beat Mickey Rourke. That's why you say that. Dude, twist my arm. We can do Milk. Love that movie. Milk's good. Gus. Stay tuned, folks. We will announce on the socials. But, yeah, it takes uh, us four good, days to find this out. Year. Is this uh, the reader? Is this the year of Kate Winslet? The reader. Oh my god! It, wait, it might be because Hugh Jackman at the Oscars. The reader. I did not see the reader. Oh, Twilight came out is this that... year. Iron Man. I thought it was Thor. Oh, it's Iron this... Man. Iron Man came out this year. Was 2009 when he hosted and he did that wonderful. Yeah. The, the total... Oh, because of the because of the recession. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The you know, total budget a... cut. Yeah. Cloverfield, oh, Wally, so Dark Knight, of course. We talked about the Dark Knight already a little bit. Oh, shit. Dark Knight. All right. Well, friends, you're going to have to. Oh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was number two at the box office. Wow. See if we choose I think that anyone's movie. Anyone's liver can take that. Hancock, <laughs> Quantum of Solace, uh, Chronicles of Narlia. N- Narlia. No. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Chronicles um, of Narlia, dude. <laughs> Four weddings and a funeral. Oh, never mind. Forget I said that. In Bruges. In, oh, in fucking right Bruges. All right, guys. I can't wait to decide what movie we're gonna see. We're gonna talk about, but um, we're gonna let you go for now. We're gonna let you go. Bye, folks. We're still here. See you later, film fans. <laughs> <laughs>